Hello and welcome to the official podcast of Palate Exposure, featuring Ilona Thompson, a podcast for those seeking the ultimate in wine, food, and travel. Each week, she interviews winemakers, chefs, celebrities, and a variety of guests that shape the way we enjoy life. Our Summit Lake's in. Beautiful label. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah we had... Uh, yeah, it is gorgeous. Yeah, so our... Zen label had our very traditional label on it for years and years. Um, and in 92, um, we decided to keep our cab fruit separate from our Zinfandel. So because we only had the one acre of cab, we'd always kind of just taken that fruit in and thrown it in with our Zin production. Um, so 92, we decided we were going to make a, a Howl Mountain cab as well. Mm-hmm. Kept it separate. Uh, in 94, my daughter Emily was born, and she was the first granddaughter. And uh, so they, <laughs> yep, did vintage as well. Uh, so my dad decided that he was going to name the cab for my daughter Emily. Um, so we had kind of a, a similar situation happen in 96 after harvest and the vines had kind of gone to sleep and defoliated uh, we realized that there was a very large second crop out in the vineyard um so my parents were like oh we gotta pick it we gotta you know we're gonna make a late harvest in picked it brought it in crushed it started fermentation we realized it was really high in uh, sugar Mm -hmm. and we weren't going to be able to get it stable so my dad was like, well, how the hell do you make port? Let's make a port. Let's make port. That's awesome. So we did some brandy tastings. <laughs> decided nobody likes brandy in the family. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so my dad, you know, and this is all during fermentation. Sure. You know, you have, you have a ticking time clock. Uh, my dad found a producer down in the Central Valley that was making a high proof from grapes. Hmm. So he drove our little brown pickup truck with a 55 <laughs> gallon drum down to this distillery, lined up in between all the semis and picked up a 55 gallon drum of high proof and drove it home. And then it was kind of, you know, the standing around the bin like well how much do you put in there mm-hmm. you know and there's there's formulas but it's still kind of a little guessing game <laughs> anyway we dad nailed it no there's absolutely a formula and he's a, he's a mathematician man. Yep. He, he he's like well if you want your residual sugar to be eight percent and you want to finish alcohol of of 20 he's Kobe. like this is how it's done <laughs> hey we're surrounded by yeah. canine f- friends. They're very vocal. I'm sure that they're complaining bitterly because hey. they're drinking wine and they're not. There's something about okay. hey. sugar and alcohol. At least they're So I'll, I'll read you guys the back label because it is so cool. First of all, it says uh, first generation, first edition. And then, uh, very simple, the Brakesman family. Invites you to share in more than 40 years of passion, dedication, friends and family in Howl Mountain. From our family to yours. Cheers. And it's not a line on the back of the label. It's literally what it is. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here in the vineyards sharing the wine <laughs> and the puppies. It's literally just what it says. 
Yeah. Your deeds well, match it's... your words, which is fabulous. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, so we, um, it was funny, we ended up with our pirate reserve. Um, so that first vintage of port that we made, um, we only made one barrel? Two barrel? One barrel, I think. Um, and it was something that just kind of got tucked away in the in the winery. We all knew it was there. Mm-hmm. It was kind of hiding. Um, at that point, we were in high school and out of high school, and we had parties and friends that would sneak into the winery and mm-hmm. steal port out of the port <laughs> barrel. And by the time we actually got around to um, bottling that vintage, we had consumed half of the barrel. Um, but so we told funny. Claire, my second daughter, um, that she was getting her private reserve. Mm-hmm. And she thought we said pirate reserve. <laughs> she was about three at that time. And uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. my parents were like, yeah, we got we to gotta name her pirate wine the pirate reserve. So we had friends of our family do labels for both of the girls that were very kind of reflective of their personalities. Um, That's awesome. And then we had this very traditional label on our Zin. And I'm not sure how we decided we were going to change the label, but we decided we were going to change it, which was another like two year process because my dad didn't want to change it. We worked with a couple of designers that. Nothing works quickly up here. (laughs) (laughs) We worked with a couple of designers that were telling us that it didn't matter what we put on it because we weren't going to like it. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, the artwork that ended up being on this great watercolor is the same artist that did our port label for us. Um, She sent the watercolor to my mom. My mom felt like it was a really good representation of her spirit. Uh And uh, so she decided that she was going to change the label. So she went through the whole process, had everything printed, and the label showed up two days before we bottled. And my dad opened the box and was like, uh, I guess we're changing the Zen label. <laughs> My mom was like, yep, decision made. Mm-hmm. So we ended up with the the woman laying underneath the grapevines for our, our Zen. Gorgeous. And again, I'm just going to address the issue that people love to bring up, which is the alcohol. It is 15 and a half, and I'm not feeling any of it. Mm-hmm. I just want to put it out there because there's a bit of an obsession going on with alcohol levels. And alcohol level is contextual. It really is. And you can speak to that, Brian, better than anybody. What is your perspective? If it's hot, then that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, this, is, this is up there for alcohol. Yeah, Kobe agrees. <laughs> um, but I don't get the dragon breath. I don't get the heat. Yep. Um, and if I did, then we can take care of that. Yep. You know, it's 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 interesting working up here with my father, who started making wine in the '70s. Mm-hmm. And if you had an alcohol above 13 and a half in the '70s, that was that was high. Mm-hmm. You know, now our alcohol is where they are is is, is t- tends to blow his mind. <laughs> so you know, when it comes time to pick, um, there's always that debate. You know, dad wants to pull it in sooner than I do. Mm-hmm. I like to let things hang a little longer than he does. Um, but we don't let things hang up here forever. You know, we don't really 
put that dog away. <laughs> um, he just wants to be heard. He wants I his voice know. known. He's a, he's a, he has a lot to say. I'm just going to sit next to him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you... Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought, but... That, you know, uh, old school and new school approach yes. to winemaking, right? Don't let it hang as long as um, maybe some of, of your other uh, counterparts in the business. Um, retain some of that natural acid mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, hopefully you'll make a, a nice bottle of wine. But, you know, again, with the alcohol, it can't, if it's hot, then that's, that's a fault. Exactly. For and me. You get physiologically ripe fruit here because of the conditions you described earlier. So that's Absolutely. what you want. Absolutely. I mean, you want to bite into a ripe peach, not a green one. Right. Right? At a, just to have an analogy to a grocery store, but in your case, you have such great opportunity to ripen it perfectly. And then the idea is just to catch it that right moment, which is a vineyard is you know exactly what to do. Yep. And then nature gives you what it does. So this is a reflection of that. It's not artificially stretching it so it has more sugar. I mean, there's definitely a ripe component to the Zin. Um, I think right when we pulled the cork, I picked it up more than I'm picking it up now. Mm -hmm. um, now it's more just that beautiful Zinfandel varietal to me. Mm -hmm. um, there's a nice barrel attribute to it. Uh, yeah, but, you know, harvest for us is, is you know, most winemakers, when you ask them the question, when do you pick, they base on flavor, and that's true, but there's a lot more to picking decisions than just flavor, right? Mm -hmm. There's logistical mm -hmm. issues, there's labor issues, there's fermentation tank space issues. Um, mm -hmm. There's chemistries as well. Not mm -hmm. only um, the sugar content in the, in the fruit, but what are your acid levels, what are your malate yeah. levels? Um, what 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 do your seeds look like? You know, yeah. your seeds totally ripe. Um, you know, so all of those things are taken into consideration when we pick. So, pretty important decision. Yes, you know, that's the most important decision <laughs> we make all year. Because once it's off the vine, you're not putting it back on. Your whole year culminates in just a few days, and it's got to be pretty nerve-wracking. Harvest is exciting. I love harvest. I mean, that's it's like really Christmas. I bet. Yeah. You know, as a little kid, you're waiting all year long for for Christmas or those, you know, those holidays and in the winter and I can't you know, stop smelling this. Sorry. I'm distracted by you. No, wine. it's okay. It's no, it's so, good. The nose is so sexy. Yeah, it is very um, nice. There's definitely, there's a amazing component from the, the it, soil up on Hell Mountain. It's almost like a cherry liqueur. There's just this intensity to the nose. Mm -hmm. It's sweet, but in the best way possible. Yeah. I think it's um, the wood as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so much fruit, red, black, blue, you pick, you'll be right, but it's just... And what's fun really... about these wines is, you know, they're open now, but mm -hmm. keep tasting them, you know? I mean, initially, that, that pull the cork and you, you have that first sip, and that's all, not always the best sip to me, you know? Well, it just... It just it changes and, and evolves, and it becomes just, you know, more expressive, and those aromatic compounds are being released, right? And you're just getting something different every time you taste, so... Um, you know, we also want wines that do well with food, you mm -hmm. know, um, that's really, really important to us because we drink our wine with good barbecue and good red sauces and, and good homemade meals, you know, and that's, uh, you know, something I want people to enjoy as well. So I just, I love how you describe things. It tells me a lot about how you think. I mean, you basically could have been talking about a personal relationship when you were talking about the wine earlier, just a second ago. 
when you first meet somebody, yeah, I mean, you're attracted, they're interesting, but as you get to know them, that's when you fall in love with that person, right. whether it's romantic or a friendship, but you, you bond, you connect. And why in the same thing? The more you keep going back to it, the more you experience. Well, people should change, you know? <laughs> you know, they're not always the same every day, and I mean... Um, you know, I find that with our wines as well. There's there's times where I'll taste wine in the cellar and I'm, you know, I'm not happy with it. Um, but I'll go back a month later and it's totally different. I think that's cool. I think that's it exciting. It is. And you, your wine, the one that's in my glass, is personality despair. I mean, there's a lot to get to know. Yeah. Yeah. So 2015, it's available from the winery? From the winery, yep. Uh, we, we prefer that you come up here and purchase it so we get to meet you and enjoy uh, each other's company. But oh, I think that's quite obviously an have a website and mm -hmm. phone call works as well. So In 2015, was it a shorter crop for you? Were you down at all? 2015. God, I'd have to look back it was at a notes. Little, I'm just curious. Yeah, um, it was a little lower just because we're on the tail end of a drought. Yes, yes, yes. So the vines were definitely a little more stressed that's good for it the was, wine though it was yeah a little it's more good but after four sure. or five years you mm -hmm. kind of start you start to worry a little bit about you know the damage that it can do on your on your vines longevity you know your fruit phenolics have to be off the charts yeah we don't um we're not shy with no phenolic i mean what i'm smelling is like wow so we're tasting. This is our 2016 16. Cabernet. Oh, what a treat. 16s is still kind of coming into their own. Yeah. Maybe even a little slower in development than 17. From well, we, you know, I was explaining before tasting. that, you know, the that 26 month in barrel is very important. Yes. Um, especially for our Cabernet. You need that time for that tannin to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tannins are these carbon-based molecules where, you know, they, they bind, the chains bind over time. Um, and the bigger the chain, the longer the chain, the less it's perceived on your palate. Um, so, you know, we need that time before we release it. So we also do a year in bottle before we, before we release the wines. You guys are getting some really valuable intel here, by the way. You just talked about elongated tannins. So, if you can taste the tannins, you know, it's like a tea-like sensation, puckery. Young wine, yes, yeah. but you shouldn't have to chew through it. So that's a giveaway that tannin management may not have happened correctly, right? Might be, uh, you know, young tannin. It might young. be, um, you know, they might not have matured uh, prior to harvest. Mm -hmm. So tannin development wasn't there when you picked. Um, you know, during fermentation, uh, they might have been aggressively extracted ah, so you know extraction is what we do uh, as winemakers when your juice is in contact with your skin mm -hmm. uh, basically for me it's either time or temperature okay. or, or it is time and temperature um, and it's the combination of thereof so you know we do cold soaks up here uh, Cabernet is typically five days sometimes mm -hmm. a little bit less okay um, Depending on how I feel, I might let the fermentation start native. Okay. Uh, I always inoculate though, so mm -hmm. I'll find a cultivated yeast that I know well works well with these wines. 
I've got a few that I that I like. Uh, so fermentation on the Cabernet, for example, here is about uh, you know 14 to 20 days, 21 days. And then I've been um, doing more and more extended maceration on the Cabernet, and that's really just to force that polymerization of tannin. And we have so much of it up here. Why not let it happen in the tank and almost overpower things with tannin and let that tannin develop? And then once you press it off, the, the, those plumber, those chains have, have grown and they're long and they're ripe and they're rich and they're lush and then we can put it to barrel and let things age. That's so smart. I mean, I can taste your intelligence as a winemaker <laughs> um, because it is so palate pleasing. The wine has amazing mouthfeel. It's so silky, so lush, so plush. And yes, it has a texture and structure and, and backbone, but it's definitely like caressing your palate. And what you described has to account, at least partially for that, um, because you made such good decisions. Yeah, but you know, for me right now, that tannin's still very dominant. A lot. It's there. Um, God, I can't wait for this wine in five years, seven years. That's what's so amazing years, about it. You know? It's so young, well, yes. and yet it's so approachable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what's blowing my mind because mm -hmm. I was kind of bracing for something a bit more angular, mm -hmm. just on theory. Yep. Um, but it's not. You know, that's. I mean, the. You know, we were talking about this before how quickly people consume wine 40 minutes, right? From time of purchase to, you know, opened and, and consumed. Age um, in the backseat of the car. Yeah, age. <laughs> on a bumpy ride home from the store. Um, so, you know, from a winemaking standpoint, you have to have a wine that's approachable young and early. But in my mind's eye, this is not to be consumed for five seven ten years and then you know anything after that if you're laying it down it's just fun you know it might get soft it might it might um, get flat uh, I don't think that it will I mean every wine kind of has a tipping point yeah in my mind okay this has gotten old the tannins are so now soft and become thin um, I don't think that will happen for 20 years on this particular bottle of wine but uh, you know, you do want wines that are age-worthy. So in my little head, mountain-grown fruit and ensuing wines are more age-worthy than Valley Floor. It's a sweeping generalization. I own that. But generally speaking, in my tasting experience, mountain-grown fruit delivers wine that are super age-worthy. That's generally true, um, primarily because of the tannin content. Good to know. So tannin is stability. There you go. I think you're, yeah, and the winemaking has a lot to do with that. You know, we were talking mm -hmm. when you got here earlier on, the winemaking style has definitely changed from mm -hmm. the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. we've we've had probably 30 different wines over the last year and a half of wines that were made in the 60s and 70s and even into the 80s and 90s that were a different winemaking style mm -hmm. and still absolutely phenomenal wines yeah, it's amazing the longevity mm -hmm. I can't say enough good things about it if you guys ever run across wines from 60s and 70s or even you know, the 80s and 90s yeah. if you see something on the shelf take a, take yeah, a chance absolutely. and buy it because you could 
be met with a miracle. Yeah. I mean, I've had those moments that was like, really? <laughs> those and wines myself. that you're going to remember when yes. you die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. The epiphanies the waiting best, to happen. The best bottle of wine I've ever had was a 1975 cab that my dad produced. It was my birth year. Amazing. I was 30 years old. And it wasn't the... It was more the nostalgia, I think, of mm -hmm. drinking that bottle of wine, but it was awesome. It was a 30-year-old bottle of wine. I don't think 30 is that old, but from a wine <laughs> standpoint, I guess it can't be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the fun part about wine, right? I mean, it's exploring these different things and building the connections and, and um, the experiences and thinking about, you know, what he was doing in 75 and made you know in the cellar basement of the house see that's okay. that's remarkable in yeah. and out of itself and wine is like I say it's just a story waiting to happen because you can think about what happened under those circumstances that year what was it about you know what was life about and wine is this connector that makes you look back oh yeah and either be nostalgic or you know be appreciative or maybe even heat something about the it doesn't matter mm -hmm. it evokes emotions mm -hmm. right what other beverage does that? Yeah, no, it uh, it definitely yeah it brings people together. I think it's really the most um, important. It is. I mean, I would have not met you guys if it's not for our mutual love affair with wine. And mm -hmm. I'm so much richer for this experience. I mean, I'm I'm living life in gratitude as a result, and that's not a bad way to live. No. Just because I get in front not. of people like you. Yeah, yeah. No, we. I don't take it for granted. Um, it's funny, people always ask, man, you must be so passionate about what you do. And I'm like, oh, passion for me is, I can use my wife in that context, but passion, you know, like, like it's, I said, this is, this is, this is the work and this is the life. Um, I don't, I don't draw passion into it. I just think it's just, um, you know, good fortune maybe, um, but not taken for granted. First of all, the lady listeners right now are going, aww. <laughs> <laughs> Including this he one. he still likes his wife. Isn't that oh, amazing yeah. what you I just do. said? Passion That's for me is my wife. How long have you been married? Oh, God. 17 years now. And you say my passion is my wife. Mm -hmm. How envy-inducing is that for most of us? Well, we That's worth a toast. Yeah, cheers. 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 She'll listen to this, hopefully, and give me some... She'll make a joke. She's she's a funny funny woman. She'll make some sort of snide comment. Um, but no, she's wonderful. Um, what do you love the most about her? Your sense of humor. I figured this, that's the first thing you brought up. Yeah. <laughs> it's important. It's important oh, yeah. life skill. Without humor, if we take oh, yeah. life no. ourselves too seriously, we'll get really depressed really quick. I think that's funny because I would say the same thing. Not about your wife, about my husband. Sense of humor. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you gotta laugh. I mean, not every day is easy, right? So if you can take things a little lighthearted sometimes, and yeah. Well, this sounds like a lot of life wisdom that can be discovered while staring in this gorgeous label and sipping on this fabulous juice. Well, good. So that's what's happening. Yeah. It takes a lot of good wine to <laughs> yes. go through yeah. life, right? <laughs> yes, it does. And the old I joke just, about it taking a lot of beer to produce good wine. I heard that, yes. <laughs> People should just drink. Yes, we should drink more. And that's pretty much what I've been saying. 
the yeah, drink so good stuff. Don't, make don't sure you revisit short, your, your Zin. Short. I'm going to use your Zin glass. For yes, and the, I the cannot petite. stop smelling it. I know, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. What, 16? 16 pet. Mm -hmm. Last sip is always the best. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, I think people should pour the first glass into a glass and set it aside and then enjoy your bottle of wine and then go back to that first agreed first sip you know and you guys could time it from the time the wine you heard the sound of the wine being poured i had zinfandel on my palate and still as i'm talking i'm tasting it right. as long as it finishes what i'm getting at well, i don't know how, how long has it been what 30 seconds 45 yeah not long <laughs> It really does have a very long finish. It has it's some serious thing. stamina. Yeah, that's a good thing. You, all of your wines that I've had this far just have such sex appeal on the nose. Aromatics for me are 75% of what you should experience oh in wine. God. It's, I say that all the time, but it, what does it matter that I say it? You are in production. So Your right? words like, matter. Seventy-five percent. I'm no, so but excited. It does, <laughs> it does matter. I mean, it, it, people's perception of wine is so personal. It is. It you just, know, it's it's like food yeah. or everything else that you come across life. It's all about your personal perception. It's Truth. not about what somebody else thinks about what's good or what's bad or how it's rated or it's your Absolutely. connection to what you're putting into your body or what your ex daily experiences are. It's a hundred percent true. You know, people have good days the same day people have bad days. So true. You no, know? I just, just had my validation moment because for some reason I signed the percentage of 75 and you just repeated it. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh my God, yeah. I actually know something occasionally after 20 years in this observation business keep, keep learning no i mean aromatics i mean you don't necessarily need to taste a wine to understand no. a wine you can just pick it up with through aromatics you know and i mean it's always fascinated me like when you hear of the french using pregnant women to assess wine their nose is like bloodhounds right olfactory so you must be such an asset in blending trials and such like that I have not been pregnant in a very long time, but thank but you. But like in general, <laughs> just as a, no, you know, it's, sorry, it's really, it's interesting. I mean, I feel like I don't have a very well-trained nose. Um, I mean, I definitely am very familiar with our wines and Hell Mountain and wines in general, but I definitely, um, I don't feel like I have the, the nose to be a winemaker. Or an yeah, aficionado, you know? Yeah, but you have intuition, There's, and you're so close to well, it. I, I bet you have some I, inside that's very uh, special. You know, I kind of feel like 99% of that is, is training. I mean, mm, we grew up in the dirt. Mm -hmm. We grew up wrecking bikes into the dirt. We grew up on the tractors and, you know, playing in the dirt. And it's visceral. Very my connection to this place and our wines so mm -hmm. I mean our wines for me are very easy um, in general like I mean my one of my I've had many eye-opening experiences was yeah. spending some time in Bordeaux Interesting. Um, I didn't have a good perception of French wines mm -hmm. until I went was able to walk through some vineyards talk to people there and experience some of their good 
well-made wines. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't get a lot of great French wines, especially growing up here in Napa. Yeah, they're I not they're not available. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to connect a place like that to the wines, mm-hmm. it, for me, it's it's a personal and visceral thing. That's fantastic. Um, you know, so I I kind of need that that sort of a connection to be able to perceive things well, I guess. You know, I, I really love that, and there's actually a lot to unpack in what you've shared. I mean, there's, of course, the biology aspect of it, which, you know, women, historically, I think it's a matter of human evolution, uh, well-equipped. If you think about it, back in the day, what happened? Men went out and slayed the mammoth. They were out hunting. Women were gatherers. So in order not to poison their families, what they have to do, they have to smell and taste. Yeah. So I think there's a really a lot of validity behind why biologically women have that superiority, if you will. But there's also that emotional aspect that you described so mm-hmm. eloquently, how you connect to it, mm-hmm. and that informs what you taste. Yeah. Well, I think I mean there's there's so many things to learn and explore in wine and in food and understanding where it comes from and that that connection you know mm-hmm. I mean it's all so much of it is full circle it's just it's amazing to me um, it's just you know it's one of those dumbfounding things that happens every day you know what pops up for me a lot is about context people constantly have this experiences when they go to the wine country someplace in the world and they have this local wine they're like it's the best wine I've ever had right. it's because of your headspace because where you are right. emotionally you're with people you like hopefully um, traveling you know, you're on vacation, you're not bogged down with nonsense. Yeah. So all of a sudden it lands on you like it's wonderful. And then you may purchase that same wine on a random Thursday mm-hmm. and taste it, you know, with your dinner plate and you're like, it's not the same. Right. So sure. here's another reason to come here and experience it at the source. The conclusion of this interview can be found in the next podcast already available for your download. Thanks again for tuning in to the official podcast of Palette Exposure featuring Alona Thompson. 